Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 315, and today we're going to be talking about, well, how to view and understand your inventory storage fees because that has been a little bit of a shocker for a lot of people out there. And uh, we want to talk about that. Now, I do want to say we're actually doing a little experiment here. This episode, I'm recording live with Chris Schaefer on video on Facebook, and we're trying to stream everything together. And we thought it would be kind of cool to give you a little bit of a behind the scenes look of what it would or what it is like to record a podcast. There's no stopping and starting and editing and all of that stuff that I can normally do. So there's a little bit of less pressure. Uh, But we said, you know what? Let's just do this. Let's also get it out there because this one topic is pretty is pretty big right now. I mean, a lot of people are are panicking about it because the last uh, the, the, I guess the last feed just came out the other day, and people were all kind of blown away again and shocked and thought that it was over because of the fourth quarter. So what I want to do here is really talk about this, talk about what it means for us selling in the future. Is this going to be all the time? Um, if you're just starting, like what should we be thinking about? Um, so again, like I said, we're going to be going through this. I've got Chris Schaefer again on. Chris, what is going on, my friend? Not too much, man. It is a beautiful day here. Finally, we got out of the snow ice apocalypse thing that I kind of moved to the <laughs> south to get away from. Uh, and my previous home is finally no longer underwater. So that's also good. Uh, Very good. No, other than that, I'm uh, I'm just sitting here this week and we're seeing all kinds of posts inside the Facebook group again, you know, as of the time that we're recording this about these storage fees and everybody saying, oh, I'm getting hit with long term storage fees. or I'm getting hit with these big storage fees. And you're actually not being hit with long-term storage fees right now. I know that's kind of terrifying to think about. The The storage fees that a lot of people are getting in the last couple of days are actually just the regular monthly storage fees. Now, I say regular monthly storage fees, but what we're actually talking about are the hyped Q4 storage fees. And what Amazon did this year is they said in November and December, any inventory that we have that isn't sold through, whatever space you're taking up, they actually hiked that storage fee by almost five times. So it went from like somewhere around like 53 cents for a, a normal product to like $2. And yeah. I know those numbers aren't exact exactly on, but it went up about five times per square foot. Yeah. And okay. And you and I had a little bit of a conversation yesterday back and forth through, uh, through Skype. And uh, we were talking about that. And I was like, but here's the deal, right? We're talking about how much area it takes up in their warehouse. That's what we're talking right. about. Per, we're not per cubic foot. Exactly. So we're not talking necessarily about oversized we could talk about that, but we're not. We're talking about just standard sized products. But here's here was my example to you. I said, well, let's say that I'm selling a coffee pot, right? And it's in a box that is 12 inches long and six inches wide and six inches high. That there is going to cost me more than if I have a product right. that I could put maybe in that same space. I could put 10 of my products in that space. So now my cost per unit is less. And is that correct in me thinking that way? Right. And again, the storage fees are different from your fulfillment or from your pick and pack fees. Storage fees are going to be based on the cubic feet that whatever your product is take up. Right. So if you have, I don't know, uh, post-it notes, just because that's something that's on my desk. Post-it notes are going to take up a heck of a lot less space than your coffee cup or this water bottle. Right. I could put 20 stacks of post-it notes in this same cubic foot of space as I could one of these water bottles or two of these water bottles, right? So 
that's something that we have to keep in mind. Now, the thing that's interesting with the storage fees is actually the the storage fees for oversized products are actually less per cubic foot. Now, that sounds really great, but the downside of that is obviously if you have an oversized product, it's over 18 inches, so you can put a heck of a lot less of them inside of the same cubic foot. So it actually doesn't generally work out to be a better deal for you. Yeah. Now, just just some some actual numbers and something to keep in mind. Generally speaking, you're talking about 54 cents per square foot for a standard size product. And this year, Amazon ran that January through October. Uh, November and December, we were paying $2.25 per square foot. And the reason for that is Amazon warehouses get packed, packed to the hilt in Q4. And what Amazon is doing next year is they're actually making that effective October 1st. So you're going to have three months of that. Um, so between now and October 1st of next year, you should still be paying that 54 cents per square foot. Then October, November, and December, it actually is going to go up uh, again to $2.35 per square yeah, foot. And so they want you to make sure that you're selling through the stuff you have there yeah, in, in Q4. I, I think that's that's the most important thing is knowing your numbers. But let's just uh, let's just talk a little bit about that that cubic foot, right? So we're talking a cube that is 12 inches by 12 inches by 12 inches. So right. anyone that's thinking like to themselves, how big is that? Well, take, you know, a tape measure and measure, uh, you know, 12 inches up, 12 inches out, 12 inches long. And that is your cube. And that's what you're paying 54 cents for or up to that or, or around that, I would say, depending on when you're listening to this, it could change. Who knows? But, uh, what uh, what you need to understand is is what they did is they they uh, they tripled that no more than tripled that uh, for for uh, fourth quarter right Chris was it it was like two dollars it's just it's like four and a half times yeah. what yeah. it normally is so yeah. they they basically said you better be selling your, uh, your 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 stuff now you know one thing I didn't do Chris and because this is a little different for me right now we're on live right now I'm recording this if you are listening to this uh, on the live feed right now uh, this isn't actually going to air for about two weeks uh, on the podcast but this is episode 315 so depending on when you're listening to it the show notes will be available at 315 so theamazingseller.com forward slash 315 if you go there now if you're watching this live there won't be any show notes so we're gonna have to figure out how we can work that out chris that's a little bit of a challenge there but we'll have to get somebody to do it on the fly yeah maybe on the fly we could have our transcripts automatically be done um okay so okay i i want people to understand though that it really does come down to knowing your numbers uh you know and as far as and it's hard right it's hard to know your numbers exactly every single time of the year. Uh, now, there is a tool that I've been playing around with uh, probably for the past month now, um, and it's Fetcher. And that is, again, by Greg Mercer of Jungle Scout, great friend of mine, great products. Um, I've been holding off for the longest time. I've just been so old school about doing things that I've kept things in a spreadsheet. Um, and also, people now that I've partnered with, they kind of taken care of that themselves. So I haven't had to worry about it. But now that I, I kind of wanted to see things a little bit deeper, I wanted, especially with these storage fees that are getting figured in that you don't really know that might not even be happening or that you think, you know, those are all my fees. What are my fees? this thing kind of breaks it all down. Um, and again, this isn't like, uh, you know, this isn't a huge plug for that software other than that is what I'm using, um, right now. And I know a lot of people are. Um, so if you, uh, if you want to check that out, by all means, head over to the amazing forward slash fetcher. There's a 30 day free trial. It takes a little while though, Chris, to, to gather your information. It'll literally be working 
like for a couple weeks sometimes, depending on how long you've been selling. But the cool thing about this is it gives you predictions of what have been sold because of what you've already sold. So if you have history, like if you've gone through a full 12 months, you can kind of pre-plan for what is coming, uh, you know, in, in Q4 or Q3. So you can kind of plan. Um, we've always kind of just did a 30 day, you know, kind of run It's like, okay, what did it do last 30? What are we selling on a, on a, you know, on a daily basis? What do we need to have in stock? So we can keep no more than 60 days worth of inventory, preferably less. Um, now I know our, um, our good friend and, and one of our, our students, um, Alan, had had talked about this in the class recently, and he was like, "Well, you know, they just hit me with the you know with the storage fee again, and you know, I thought that that was all over with. Why don't you speak to right. that real quick? Because some people are thinking like you got hit with that one that one big fee. Some people got hit with our good friend Tom Sugar got hit with a, a, a huge bill." Um, but uh, maybe you can speak to that. Like, why is someone? Get, we thought it was just fourth quarter. But it really well, was, it is. It's, well, I was just going to say, so, but it's really two yeah. different times. You get billed, you get billed a month behind, basically. Yes. Like your cell phone bill is paid a month in advance, basically, right? But your Amazon storage fees bill is paid a month behind because it's based on what you used in that month. So they have to wait for the month to actually close before they can bill you for it, if that makes sense. So what they're doing, and it's, you know, it's still technically like the end of January or the, the beginning of January, I guess, uh, as of the time that we're recording this. And so they waited till your your month closed out in December. They did all of the calculations. They said, okay, Scott used 20 square feet. Chris used 15 square feet. Dom used 500 square feet, right? Probably an accurate example. Um, And then they assessed the fee based on that. So it takes them a couple days to do all those calculations and, and do everything like that. And then they can come in and actually bill you. So you should be seeing that bill this week, mm. uh, the week of, I don't know, what was Monday? It's it. Right now, as of the recording of this, it's January 11th. So if you haven't seen it yet, I would expect to see it in the next few days if you're on with us live. But Yeah, cool. Um, okay, the other thing uh, that I want to – well, before we go any further here, we are on Facebook Live too right now. But if you're listening to this on the podcast, well, you can't see that. But um, if you are on Facebook Live – Ask some questions. If you have questions right now that you want us to answer, we'll answer them live. The people listening will benefit from that. So if you have any questions, please, uh, you know, send them in and we'll go ahead and do our best to uh, to address them and answer them. Um, at least if we can, you know, we'll, we'll do our best. So definitely have them come in. Uh, just send in your questions if you have any questions about this. Um, okay, Chris, let's... Um, you got something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. See, so, I love so this with video. I can actually see that you want to talk. I can actually see that you want to I know, because otherwise I just like point at my your screen hand. and you have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, Fetcher, have you used the inventory age report at all or any of the inventory reports that are available inside of Amazon? Um, so just, just yes or no to that. Yeah, yeah, yes, I have, but very, very uh, rarely, to be honest. Okay, because what, what I'm curious about is how is that different from like the manage excess inventory report or the the inventory dashboard? So what you see, and any of you guys that are listening to this can can find this. If you go into your Seller Central account and scroll down along the right-hand side, you'll see like payment summary, your sales summary, and then right below that, Amazon has started to make this a bigger priority, which is part of the reason you're seeing fees go up. They want you to manage your inventory better, but you'll see the inventory planning dashboard button thing, right? 
and that gives you a high level overview but if you click on it says view inventory dashboard it actually brings up your inventory dashboard report and it tells you how many expected days of inventory you have in stock so i'm just curious scott what does fetcher get me that i don't see in that report is it giving me like a 30 60 90 projected sales um, you know what? I can dig around in there as we're going through this, but honestly, I haven't. I, it's literally since I've been paying attention to it. It's been about three weeks. Um, I've, I've had it running because it's been still fetching the data, right? It's fetcher. Um, it's kind of fetching the data. Um, but what it, what I really like about it that I've seen so far is that it gives me my averages, so then I can do those predictions. Um, but as far as give me that number, let me do that while you're uh, maybe explaining a little bit more on the reporting. And then I can let you know live here. That would be the beautiful thing. Yeah, as that, well. that would be really cool because the the biggest problem that I have with the inventory dashboard is that it only gives me a thirty day snapshot. So it says, okay, I sold ninety units of this in the last thirty days, and based on how much I have in stock, I have you know three hundred sixty five days worth of inventory, which isn't what we want, right? Or I have a hundred days worth of inventory or thirty days worth of inventory. But what that doesn't take into consideration is. December might not have been a good month for me for that product. It might be a, a slow time. And so it doesn't it doesn't tell me what I'm actually going to sell in January or February. So if I know what I sold in January or February of last year and something like Fetcher can pull that in for me and tell me, okay, last year you did, you know, two times more. That's extremely, extremely useful. Um, and I don't get that in the inventory tab. And what I've been doing is I've just been doing that in a spreadsheet to do those types of projections. Um yeah, as I'm digging through, I'm not really seeing that clearly. Again, I'd probably have to reach out to Greg and ask him if that is a feature in here. Um, but what I am seeing is if I wanted to go through and look for a certain month or a certain time period, I can see uh, my my sales. Now, that doesn't calculate it for me and say, you, you had this much, this is how much you're going to need. Um, but um, I could calculate that myself just by looking at it. If I said a 30-day period, this is how many I sold. But as far as it being right in my dashboard, I don't see that. But again, that might be something I'm just overlooking. And if someone else is watching this and they're a Fetcher user uh, or, or, or listening to this, let me know. Um, but I'm going to reach out to Greg anyway and talk to him a little bit about more of the of the fine details here because I know there's some probably probably some things that I'm not using inside it that could probably uh, be even better. Yeah, and that's... Knowing your inventory is really what we're getting at here, yes. whether you're using Fetcher or you're just using the inventory dashboard. And that's going to be extremely important coming up because if you had a heart attack about the the $2.25 fee in November and December, your long-term storage fee is coming up here. The first one of 2017 is going to be February 15th, and the second one is usually August 15th. And anything that's been in the fulfillment center 6 to 12 months – so anything that's been there longer than six months, basically, you get charged eleven dollars and twenty five cents per square foot on that. Mm. So it's another five times higher than what you even would have paid in December if that inventory has been sitting there longer than six months. Now, I know the inventory planning tool inside the inventory dashboard tells you the exact number of units that will incur that long term storage fee. On February 15th and if you go into your inventory dashboard you can hit a little button it says view units and it will actually tell you how many units of each product are going to occur that long-term storage fee and exactly how much that's going to be okay per product so what you can do if that's an issue is you can actually pull that inventory now anytime you pull out inventory from Amazon 
you run into that issue where maybe they don't let you send as much in the next time. And Scott, I know you ran into that issue with with a product. Can you dive into that just a second so we can let everybody know a, a little bit about the problem that you had there when you had to pull all your inventory out? Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, that was um, well, uh, well I, I was able to pull it out also because they were doing the uh, they, they were offering to do it for free. So I took them up on right. that. But we had a little bit of an issue with our our uh, it was a bundle of, of product uh, or of some products inside of one package in the bag. Um, it was in a plastic kind of like a cellophane type bag. Um, and it was because it was kind of heat welded, I believe on the one side, it was breaking open when they were taking it out and things were falling out of the package. So I was getting these complaints. I had a a few times that the listing was suppressed. It wasn't allowing me to, uh, to uh, list it anymore because the refund rate was higher than they wanted. And uh, I had to keep going back with them. And then, so from there, I just decided to pull a good chunk of that inventory when they gave me that, that opportunity. And then now what we've done is we've repackaged those and now we have to ship them back in. So it's technically costing me the money to go back in, obviously the labor to actually repackage those, but um, I was still able to salvage those because I have someone that I can actually ship them to now and then have them repackage them. But I took advantage of, of, of that, op- of that option of, uh, you know, of, uh, them saying like, and, and they, they do it periodically. It's not going to happen. You can't say it's going to happen like next month, but when it does happen, that's when you have to make that decision. Is this a time that I want to pull some of my inventory? And if you do, now you have to pl- have a place to store it. Now, did you run into any issues? I, I'm trying to remember if this was you or not. Did you run into any issues when you tried to send more inventory in for that SKU? Uh, no, we have not. Okay, because I've heard I've heard a few stories from different sellers about if they do like a big a big withdrawal from well, okay, from no, no, Amazon like yep, okay, you're absolutely right. Okay, here here's the deal on that. Um, and actually, it was a uh, a good friend of mine um, had about uh, two thousand units, and basically he shipped in all of his product, thinking he was just going to warehouse it there. Um, and then he found out that he was going to also have to pay sales tax on different states. He kind of found that whole thing out, but he was mainly selling a lot of his stuff on his own e-commerce store. So he said, you know, you know what, I'm just going to pull all of my inventory out of there. And then I'm going to decide later if I want to house it there or not. I just want to get it out of there. I don't want to have to worry about sales tax in all these different states because he was already selling on his own e-commerce. Well, when he pulled that, then he talked to me a little bit and he's like, oh, really? I could kind of say what what state I want it sent to. And I'm like, yes, that doesn't mean that that's where it's going to reside. But that is one way of getting it in one location, um, at least one location to send it to. And uh, long story short is they wouldn't let him send in. They said it had to be, I think it was 60 to 90 days before they'd let him send any in. But back, he went back and forth with them and they finally allowed him to send in, I think, 300 um, at it, he would only be able to keep 300 in inventory for those 60 or 90 days. So if he sold a hundred, he can send another hundred in. Um, but it was going back and forth. But yes, if you do a big poll like that, they will usually lock you from sending more in. And that's not, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And that's no. kind of what I wanted to get to here is you don't want tons of inventory sitting there. And, and what a lot of people have done because it was so cheap to store with Amazon in the past even cheaper than like renting a storage facility in most cases, they would just order their 500 to 1,000 units and then they'd send it to Amazon, not taking into account the fact that they have any of these storage fees or anything. Now, at 54 cents per cubic foot per month, if you're selling through your inventory, that's not a huge deal. No. But if you're not selling through your inventory, it can add up very, very quickly. And if you have $5,000 worth of inventory sitting there, you have 2,000 units sitting there and it's you know, two units per square foot, 
that becomes a substantial cost to you every month, even at just 54 cents. Yeah. Yeah. So my suggestion is to to try to do some forecasting and, and you guys already do this up front. You just may not know that you do that. If you're just sourcing your first product or you're sourcing a new product and you don't know what your actual sales history is going to be, what I would personally do, you know, again, still order your 500 to 1000, but figure out what you're going to what you think you're going to sell in the first 60 days. So if you're hitting that 10 by 10 by 1, the first 60 days you're not going to be selling 10 a day every yeah, day, yeah. right? You might sell a couple the first few days or even the first two, three weeks. And then you hit your stride and you get into the 10 by 10 by one. Right. So instead of sending in all 500 units, maybe you send in 350 or 400. And then if you notice that you hit that 10 by 10 by one, like Scott, you've heard me talk in the past about a product that we launched and hit 10 sales a day in the first week. If you hit that, then you can send in additional inventory and you can keep it so that you're always going to be in inventory. Yeah. But inventory planning is going to be absolutely, absolutely critical moving forward for people. So making sure that you're using something like a fetcher or even at the very least using that inventory dashboard to understand how many days of supply that you have. And I would say, you know, for me, I want to try to keep no more than about 60 days mm. uh, worth of inventory. And Amazon actually has a little metric that they show you. And it says, you know, how many days worth of inventory do you have on average? So you can do that. But they also show you each individual product that you're selling, how many days you have based on your sales in the last 30 days. Chris, why don't now, you... like I said earlier, that's not necessarily always accurate. Chris, why don't you um, explain if you can, uh, you know, try to give a visual, uh, I guess, of what, where they would find that. I know I put you on the spot. Um, so the, the, the place that I would look, I mentioned it a, a few minutes ago is go to just your seller central dashboard. So like your login screen, your main dashboard and along the right hand side, there should be a little section called inventory planning. You can hit view inventory dashboard and inside of that dashboard, it's going to give you a, a few snapshots of their reports. Now there's going to be some more specific ones like inventory age that you might want to take a look at for the long-term storage fees. But on a regular basis, you're going to want to take a look at that manage excess inventory report. And it's right there on the dashboard right now. For me, it's the top left report Mm -hmm. uh, in the new view, but if not, it's also listed across the top and it will tell you inside of that manage excess inventory report. It tells you how many units you have in stock with FBA how many projected days you have in stock. So it's called days of supply and then your estimated excess, right? So this one, it says I have an estimated excess of 110 units, right? The estimated storage costs for the next month. And then if there's a long-term storage fee, you can find that uh, in that dashboard and in some of those reports as well. And they have a very specific one for the long-term storage fee. And again, in that inventory dashboard, it's in the notifications section. And it just says this number of units will incur a long-term storage fee on February 15th should be the top right widget in that dashboard. And all you have to do is hit view units and it tells you exactly how many units of each product are projected to incur that storage fee and then how much that long-term storage fee is. Yeah. As well as how many of those you sold in the last 90 days. Yeah. And that that's a that's definitely a way that you can kind of see. Again, you need a little bit of history. Um, I am finding yeah. that Fetcher is really more of your, your numbers, uh, your fees, your numbers, uh, slow-moving product, um, those types of things. It's really clean. That's what I like about it, I guess, because it actually shows you, I'm actually looking at the dashboard right now as I'm on here. It shows you in a nice little dashboard, like dashboard, and then it says sales, expenses, profitability, refunds, product breakdown, P&L statement, and that's it. 
Like it's it's really super simple. So right now, if I want to do a quick search and see what December um, was, I can look at that, and then it'll show me uh, it'll show me all of the products that sold in in the order of the most, and then it'll sell me tell me that like. Uh, 17% of this product or th- this product was 17% of my overall sales. You know, this next product was 14% and it shows me the dollar amount. Like this one here was $4,177. Um, and that was 296 units. That was 13% of the overall units sold. Um, so it gives you all of that stuff, which is kind of cool. Um, but again, if I was to look at this, like this is a month, right? So if I look at this as a month, I would say, okay, there's 452 units I sold in December, of that one skew, so now do the math. That's over, uh, that's over ten a day, right? So then I would say, okay, I got to have at least let's say twenty a day just to be safe for thirty days. That's six hundred units. So I got to make sure that my inventory stays there. Now, if you're trying to project out further than that, then just do another, you know, and kind of go from November to December, and then you would say, okay, well, it looks like I'm selling this much, or I sold this much last year. This is what I need to to send in because every it depends on your product too. But in fourth quarter, it's going to be different than it is going to be in first quarter for a lot of people. So you can't use those numbers as you know as the the uh, you know the overall numbers the basis of that. Yeah, but. If you're heading into fourth quarter, then that's when you really want to maybe go back to the data and see, or you want to look at maybe your competition and go to camel, camel, camel and and look at their history and see how their BSR was throughout those, uh, you know, those uh, few weeks or months. And then you can see kind of and get an idea uh, of what's expected. But I honestly, I would, I guess I would try to figure it out as close as you can, but also know that through that time, if you're going to have inventory that is in, in, you know, sitting there in Amazon, you are going to be charged more for it. So you have to figure that into your price. If you have an item that's 12 by 12 by 12, it's going to cost you over $2 and some change to store it fourth quarter. In, in Q4. Yeah. Right. Outside of that, you're talking 50, 60 cents. So it's okay, right? Um, so again, that's why you got to know the size of your, of your unit, how much area it's taking up, and then also how many units are being sold. Um, and that, that's really what it comes down to. But it's you're not going to ever figure that out perfectly. I don't think anyone is. Um, so you just have to understand that that's uh, it's part of the it's part of the animal. But you could you know you could house all the stuff yourself if you wanted to and pay just a, a one time fee for the the storage of maybe a you know a, a local storage company and then you pay X amount every single month and it's the same. But then you still have to ship in. So you're still going to have cost involved there and stuff. So. Right. You're either paying the shipping up front, you're doing it in bulk, or you're paying a little bit of the storage fee, which either way, you know, it's it's a few cents per unit if you're using like the small lightweight model that we've talked about. Right. Obviously, the bigger the thing is, the more you're going to pay. Right. Um, so, you know, small stuff. Envelopes would be great. Yeah. Right? You could sell individual envelopes. Yeah. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. You could sell lots of Lots those, of them. And you could fit a lot of those in a cubic foot. But the other thing to keep in mind is your supplier should be able to tell you exactly how many cubic feet the entire shipment takes up because they need to know that number to ship it to you in the first place. So you can run all of those numbers the second your supplier says, okay, all boxed up, all created, all that stuff. If you're going to send it directly into Amazon, here's how many cubic feet it takes mm. up. And you can plug that in, yeah. multiply that by 54 cents and go from yep. there, right? And then you know if your inventory doesn't sell through how much that storage fee is. Ideally, you're not even really paying that storage fee, especially the long-term storage fees. And those are the ones that are killer. And this is where Amazon is really trying to crack down. And like we mentioned a little bit earlier, it's anything that's there like six months or longer, right? 
And then in August, anything that's been there, I think 12 months or longer. And then they do, you know, they, they do a little bit. Anyway. All right, wait, but Chris, like Chris, let, let's time out for a second. So slow down on that because some people are new. Talk a little bit about how much time you're allowed before you get into the, the, um, you know, the long-term storage. So this way here, people know six. So it's, it's basically, they go back six months. Okay. So they have two different things and and they call them inventory cleanup dates, basically. And it's February 15th and August 15th. Now, anything that's been in the fulfillment center more than six months, but less than a year as of August 15th or February 15th, right, is charged $11.25 per cubic foot. Anything that's been in an FBA warehouse more than a year is charged $22.50. Damn, that's like that credit card that uh, they gave you a great offer, and then all of a sudden, they, as soon as you didn't pay it in 12 months, they jack it 22%, right? Right, and that's why that inventory age report comes in really handy because it tells you exactly how much of a long-term storage fee you're going to incur, and then it also tells you Okay, this many units have been here more than 180 days, which is six months. This many units has been here more than 365 days, which is more than a year. Now, now, if you have if you have um, if you have a thousand units that you're going to send in, and let's say you send in 300 now, and then 300 in in three months, and then another uh, maybe a week later, you send in the rest of them, right? Everything is based off of when that hit the warehouse. So even though you have a thousand units in stock, everything is going to be divided up from the time that it landed in the warehouse. Just right. so people are clear on that, um, because just because from the day it gets yeah. scanned in, so basically. so every every piece of inventory in a sense will have an arrival date, and that's where you would find that in that reporting, right, Chris? Yep, it's the inventory age report. Can you go? really quickly through that how you would locate that again i know people are going to want uh, again i click on that inventory dashboard um or you can use the drop down at the top it's inventory and then inventory reports i believe and then it should be um inventory age and you can either download it i prefer just to view it in amazon because you don't get a whole lot if you download it um or you can also use the search feature and just type in inventory age. But if you click on your inventory dashboard, it should be right there in front of you. You can click on it and open it. Um, let me see where that is. Yeah. So it's if you're in the inventory dashboard, it's the second report down on the left. So you have your managed excess inventory, which is the one that we were talking about earlier. And then you have the inventory age report. And that actually gives you just the little dashboard widget gives you a really cool snapshot but what you actually want to do is click into that, into the inventory age report and view it by SKU. And what you'll see is that like in this one, I have 15 that have been there more than a year, but the vast majority of them have been there less than uh, 90 mm. days. So, you know, it's never going to be perfect. And because Amazon doesn't do first in, first out because they ship it from different warehouses, there's always a chance that there's one unit that you get charged, you know, because it's just been sitting in the warehouse for a year and they haven't needed to ship it out. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, so, it makes, makes total sense. And I'm actually in there right now uh, and looking exactly where you said. And the inventory dashboard is going to be handy because if you go into inventory um, and you just scroll down a little bit, so just hover over inventory and you can go to the reports, like you had said, or inventory planning, and then that will also give you a good snapshot 
Um, you can manage excess inventory. Um, you can. Yeah, that's that. That's that inventory dashboard. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So that there's visually uh, good. Um, but if you wanted to again go through now, like you said, inventory age, you can go to manage excess inventory, inventory and in stock report, fixed stranded inventory, restock inventory. That's all on the top tab. So you can kind of go through all of those different ones. And maybe what we should do, Chris, is maybe add a screenshot of this stuff too. So people, when this does air live on the podcast, they could go to episode 315 and they can see this, what we're talking about. That would be probably useful. Um, Okay, cool. So we're going to wrap this up, but uh, let's talk really quickly about people that are just getting started and they're hearing about all of this, all of this, uh, all of this news and the, you know, wow, what do we do now? What do we do with our inventory? Like if someone's just starting, like what are, what are, what are your thoughts as far as inventory goes? Well, I mentioned this a few minutes ago. I would say, try to project what you're going to sell in the next 60 days. And the reason I say that is you're always going to have those stragglers like we just talked about, right? That one unit that's just sitting in a central California warehouse for 365 days. But if I have to pay 20 bucks for one thing, that's totally different than paying $1,000 because all of my inventory has been sitting there for more than a year. Yeah, yeah. So understanding that and projecting that helps you really go through that process. And if you are selling out every 45, 60, 65 days, the chances of that one unit not being sent to a warehouse where it's going to get fulfilled are much, much smaller. So you're going to limit those fees. But the... The storage fees themselves, you know, the month to month stuff, not a not a big deal, especially if you're doing that inventory planning. So quarter one through quarter three, you know, basically January through the end of September, 60 to 90 days. Q4, I would say even with the raised fees, if you haven't been through a Q4 before, it gets harder to predict. Now, if you have something like Fetcher and you can go back and look and see exactly what you did in Q4 last year, you can project that 60, 90 days. But the thing to remember and the thing that I I like to kind of preach to is Q4 doesn't end in December. Q4 runs through the middle of January and a lot of people run out of stock in the middle of December and then aren't back in stock. So I would actually say even though the fees are higher, I would probably project what I need like October, November, December and January, even though I'm going to pay a little bit more yeah. just to have it there. Yeah. If you can. Yeah. No, I, I, I think if, if you're just starting again, here's the, here's the struggle though. Here's the problem. Let's say I want to order a thousand units of something, right? Because I'm going to get, get a better price. Uh, maybe I'm even going to use a freight forwarding company, um, you know, and I want to get the inventory here. The problem is, is most People in the past, including myself, have just shipped all thousand units in because Amazon made it so easy. And when Amazon, I mean, Dom tells us this all the time, Amazon was a storage facility for a lot of people. It's a place where you just, you sent it in and you just paid very low fees. It's almost like their, their, um, uh, what is it? Their hosting for, for using it for your website or, or anything or file sharing and stuff. It's so cheap. It's like pennies, right? Well, now all of a sudden it's not as cheap as it used to be. Right. And now they're starting to say, like, listen, we don't want to be just a storage facility for your for your stuff and have it sit here for a few years. Like we got space. We need to keep this stuff moving. So the struggle now is how much inventory do we send in? And I think it comes down to, like you said, you have to you have to think to yourself, what do I plan on selling? What don't you hope to? But what do you think will sell? within 30 to 60 days or even 90 days, right? What will you be able to, uh, you know, to do? So the thing is 
either have your own place. And I know Keith just put up, you know, store in your garage, right? Right. I've done that before. I actually, uh, you know, one of my partners right now, that's exactly what they're doing for us is, is storing it. They actually just purchased a new house with a bigger garage. Um, so that's part of, uh, that's part of our storage unit. Right. But if you don't have that, like some people that are international don't have, uh, that flexibility, there are places that will store for you. Um, that will, and, and they're not that expensive, um, but that would be the option. But then you have to also have someone there on, on the ground that'll ship it in for you. There are, again, there's companies that'll also do that, that for you as well. Um, but you have to think about these things, right? And I would say if you're just starting out and you're testing a product or a market, you probably want to start off with, with fewer units, and, and you know what, if you run out of stock, you run out of stock. I mean, the whole panic before was always like, I don't want to get this thing going and then run out of stock. I get it. But now there's consequences, right? Now there's, there's penalties to pay if you don't sell through that inventory and that could eat into a lot of your profits. So you got to be careful. Um, but I like to say, go out there, you know, sell or plan on the product that you're going to sell, but put, send in product that you think you're going to sell within 30 to 60 days. And then once you start to sell, you're going to have time to ship more in. Um, and if, if your, if your supplier says, well, I have 500 units that I can send you and you want to start with 500, then go for it. Just understand you pretty much got six months to get rid of it. Right. I mean, just keep it. Yeah. Keep an eye on that inventory age report and, and your storage fees. And, and remember October, November, December next year, you're going to be paying substantially more than you are January through September. Yeah. Now, again, January 2018, next year is 2018. Yes, it is. <laughs> January 2018. <laughs> Depending on when you're listening. It goes it. back down to the, you know, 56 cents range, yeah. 57 cents. Um, but for that Q4, because they don't want just stuff falling out windows at the warehouse like they've had in the past, they're going to raise that fee so that you only have in stock what you need to have yeah. in stock. And then you go from yeah. there. So. Hey, Chris, do you hear that siren in the background? Could you hear that? I don't. Okay, good. Well, the mic's working. Then the mic is actually, uh, it's canceling that noise. So that's uh, that's a good thing. But there was like a siren, like a loud, long siren, like a fire. Like I don't know. It sounds kind of loud. It's. I'm surprised that Brody's not up barking right now. Uh, okay, so Chris, I think that is good. I think we've pretty much covered everything. Uh, did you have any questions that you wanted to quickly answer? Uh, no, none about storage. We get, we got a bunch of other ones and it looks like Yvonne and Keith are helping us out in the chat. There. Okay, I think we're cool. Yeah. Go. If, if there's no questions really on the inventory stuff for the podcast, especially let's keep it to topic. So, um, Chris, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? No, other than know your numbers, know how much it's going to cost you to get it into Amazon, know how much space it's going to take up and know how much you think you're going to sell. If any of those three things change, you got to recalculate the other two, right? If your sales go up, then obviously you need to order more inventory. If your sales go down, then you need to keep an eye on that inventory age and the storage fees. Yeah, no, that's, it's a big one. I mean, knowing your numbers. And again, like I said, uh, you know, whether you have an inventory projection software, there are some out there. Um, but like I said, me personally, I'm old school, so I like spreadsheets, but, uh, Fetcher has kind of been a nice, uh, a nice way to see things a little bit, I guess, better on the eyes, but also you can search it really, really easy. Um, I'm a fan right now of it, so I'm going to, I'll keep everyone posted. Uh, but I'm really, really enjoying it. I love seeing the breakdown of the different SKUs, especially when you get more than 10 SKUs, then it becomes a little bit more challenging. Uh, and this really does break it down nicely. So definitely go check that out. Again, the amazing forward slash fetcher. 
Um, I know Greg well. He's a great guy, and uh, he's got some pretty amazing products, including uh, Jungle Scout and stuff. So, um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much going to wrap it up. If you're watching this on Facebook Live, thank you so much for watching. Um, and if you're listening to this on the podcast, well, you can head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 315 for transcripts and show notes to this episode. And uh, you can always check out all the resources over there as well. That's going to wrap it up. I want to remind you guys one more time that I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, Chris. Come on, brother. One, two, three, take Take action. action. Have an awesome day, guys. We'll see you on the next episode.